Hello, Hans, Shot First listeners. I would like to peel back the curtain here a bit to talk about our cutting-edge operations. You see, we were unable to find the movie that we had originally planned to do for this episode, so in settling in on an alternative, we decided on Forrest Gump. After recording this episode and reaching the point of no return, we realized that we had done Forrest Gump before, a little over four years ago. Uh, None of us remembered doing the movie before. Um, And you know what they say, time makes fools of us all. And after 420 plus episodes, uh, we're surprised this hasn't happened before. Um, All that said, uh, a lot has happened in the last four years. Uh, we, We do think it'll be interesting to see if our... Opinions have changed at all about this movie, any of the conclusions that we came to. Uh, In that regard, we're going to treat this as a social experiment and just hope that nobody has listened to the previous Forrest Gump episode anytime recently. Um, So with all that said, uh, please enjoy. This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Forrest Gump. Ice cream. <laughs> Nintendo died. This got movie came out shot. in 1994. <laughs> you got shot. <laughs> Directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> Based on the novel by Winston Grome, screenplay by Eric Roth, starring Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise. Gesundheit. Sally Field. Sally Field. You got shot. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. He wasn't Elvis. What? Was he Elvis? He he was doing the voice of Elvis. Oh, really? I didn't know he was the voice. I I, I heard it this time around. I was like, was that Kurt Russell? I was right. He wasn't doing it, was on the actor, like on set, but he did the voice. You know what Elvis Presley says at a time like this? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. <laughs> T2CB. <laughs> All right, Scott, this is your movie. <laughs> What's your history with it? Uh, saw it in the theater like pretty much everybody else did back in, in 1994. Uh, was a huge thing. <laughs> uh, as, as a kid, I thought it was amazing. Uh, didn't quite get the full kind of, I don't know, cultural touchstone relevance of, of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I was reading a review after this, after I, I wrote my list, um, somebody called it like the boomer's greatest hits. Like, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what mm-hmm. this movie does. It kind of hits all those, those points. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, at the time though, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, um, I still think it's it's still something really uh, really good. Um, you know, I didn't I had no idea what 
Pulp Fiction was when this came out. <laughs> uh, one of the movies that competed against the Oscars this year. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, saw it in theater. I've seen it many times since. Speaking of Pulp Fiction, you remember that episode of Mad TV where they mashed up Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction? I don't. That was pretty worth looking up. Yeah. yeah. Where was Shawshank in all of this? Because <laughs> that's the other movie that... I want to say I saw yeah. Shawshank in the theater as well. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, ob- obviously that's a much... <laughs> there aren't as many... Uh, uh, laughs in that one. So, yeah. Sorry for the yawn. All right, Alex, what's your history with this? Uh, I want to say I did watch this in the theater, also, and uh, yeah, I loved it. And uh, most recently, I saw the uh, the short documentary of the movies that made us on Forrest Gump, and some really interesting stuff and factoids in that. So I recommend. Nice. I think I'm a season or two behind on that show. Mm. I should watch this. It's so interesting. It's pretty much thanks to uh, Kevin Costner having a tremendous ego in Waterworld that this movie was made. That was one of the big factors. Huh. <laughs> All right. Well, my history, I, I saw it in the theater as well. Uh, I've seen it several times after that. And it is one of those movies where later on when I got more into movies and then I found out there was this little not backlash but you know I wanted I remember watching the Academy Awards I had no idea what Pulp Fiction or Shawshank was I wanted Forrest Gump to win at one I was all happy then I found out about this and I'm like yeah okay Forrest Gump is you know it sucks compared to like Pulp Fiction and Shawshank but every time I go back and watch it I'm like nah it doesn't suck it's good it's it's a great movie too so I I would say it's completely fair to say that there was a backlash to this Mm -hmm. like maybe not as big at the time, but as as the people that watched it as kids grew up, um, yeah, you, you, like comparing it to those movies you just said, like they're they're completely they're, they're a lot different. Uh, so yeah, and I'm saying like so I was part of that. But when I go back and I watch this again, I'm like, no, I, I was I was right the first time. Forrest Gump is a good movie. <laughs> just because I like Pulp Fiction doesn't make this not a good movie. I guess. Right? The yeah, the, yeah. I feel Shot the same. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, those three movies would be in my top ten, probably. I mean, I don't know that. I, I don't. I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I love all three of them. And so, anyway, yeah. And then we'll talk about like the soundtrack. That was a big part of the movie success. And I remember like my parents liked it and said the boomers and got him the <laughs> got him the soundtrack. And I love listening to it too and all that stuff. So, and this is Tom, this is part of Tom Hanks. What do you want to call it? His resurgence. He done. He did Philadelphia, and then this, and then... Uh, League of Their Own in the same time frame, uh, roughly. Private Ryan, Castaway, all that stuff, so... People don't know that Tom Hanks, before this, was pretty much just a... Yeah, bachelor party. Yeah, the comic guy. Who's and buddies. Yeah, big and stuff. He was in movies, but he was not the Tom Hanks that was winning Oscars and dramatic, dramatic Hanks. All right, well, as usual, we're just going to talk about seven items for the movie, uh, from the movie. Scott, what's your number seven? Okay. Uh, my number seven um, is something uh, that I... I don't want to say I didn't catch it before, but, but something that uh, I thought was was really... Not super subtle, but uh, 
more subtle than a lot of stuff that was going on in this movie. Um, it's something that happened toward the beginning. Um, and it, it's a testament to Tom Hanks that uh, the way he, he played this, this scene and this line uh, that, that was different from everything else he did in this movie. Um, but at the very beginning of the movie when he's talking about when the, the, the braces break off his legs and how a miracle happened, um, he, he gets this uh, like kind of uh, I don't know, proud <laughs> is the way to put it. But he like kind of puffs up his chest and he's talking to the lady next to him and he says like, I may not look like it, but I can run like, I can run like the wind blows. Uh, and the line itself is, is, you know, not that significant, but the way that he says that, it's like the only time in the entire movie that he brags about anything. Um, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. Because uh, you, you don't see him do that again for, for the entire two hours and 20 odd minutes of, of the movie. Um, this is this is like the one thing that he's willing to hang his hat on. Like, <laughs> like he's not going to go to bat for himself on like anything just about, um, uh, with a couple more exceptions in the movie. But um, th- this is the, the one thing that he's like, he's like, yeah, I can run faster than other people. Uh, <laughs> like something that he recognizes that he can do. Um, that, he, that he's proud of, and, I, and again, I, I really enjoyed uh, the, the the scene of the delivery there. Nice. All right, Alex, number seven. My number seven is that the mask was fucking robbed that year for special effects Oscar in 1995. <sighs> now, no, Forrest Gump does some good work with, especially with Lieutenant Dan's legs, like hiding Gary Sinise's. Uh, below the knees and everything, fantastic. Uh, the lip stuff, uh, not so much. It doesn't really hold up. Even it, it when does I was not hold up. But movie, I was at like, the time, uh, it, was, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And the ping pong stuff was okay, but the, the mask should have won. So I'm, still, I'm bitter about to this day. So I, I, you know, I was reading up on the trivia and the different awards that this this movie won, like swept the Oscars basically. Um, yeah, I I agree with you, Alex. But it, it's it's almost like two different things here. Where from like a technical standpoint, like what the mask was doing was was probably way more difficult. But for what it did for the movie, like I, I feel like Forrest Gump was much more subtle. Um, you know, built into to the most complex character in the movie. Um, so I'm okay with it. I'm I guess is what pretty I'm sure the mask is a more complex character. <laughs> emotionally and technically yeah well I think subtlety is what they're going for here versus the mask is anything but subtle so it's it, it stands out here more than it would in the mask right over time yes. where you're just doing little small things like making Lyndon Johnson's mouth <laughs> lip sync compared to Jew Carey not Jew Carey Jim Carey his heart coming out of his chest and him banging on the t- whatever like it's a cartoon so it doesn't stand out i mean whatever i haven't watched the mask in 20 years i don't know but i would imagine it holds up better just because it's in that world it's all wacky to begin with we're here it's yes not supposed to stand out yeah even the feather floating through the air like it stood out for me for the first time ever like i don't know if it's cause you have hd tvs now or whatever but you can see like the matte lines and stuff around it and on that one yeah i mean there was there's other cool stuff um, you, I mean, you can start spotting the scenes when you really look, but the yeah. the crowd around the the Washington Monument, um, those are like real people. But they like composited them over and around, right? Um, so like 
they they were using it to like fill out the movie in in clever ways versus the mask, which was just like yeah, like you said, how ridiculous can we make this cartoon of a movie? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm not, but they, but they do stand out now. I I remember at the time thinking it was like, why do they even do that? And now you look at it, it's like, yeah, he looks literally like it's almost one of those Conan, o- Conan O'Brien like <laughs> mouths moving behind the yeah. hair. <laughs> I do believe he had to go pee. Um, Alright, uh, well, my number seven, I tried to keep mine from just, this is a very quotable movie that we've, you know, you know lines that we've introduced into our everyday vocabulary, but I had to do the most popular one that we do, and that's the seats taken. How many times are you <laughs> yeah, on a bus or a plane or something seats with your friends tight. and you seats tight and uh, uh, a little, little bit of trivia the the one girl on the bus is uh, was Tom Hanks Sandra Bullock kid. oh the, I thought I saw Zemeckis kid on as a yeah I think I think one of Zemeckis kids was on there too doing the that was Jet Hanks <laughs> Chet it was Chet not Hanks. Chet Hanks no it was not Chet it was Hanks. one of his daughters. Or his only daughter. I don't know. Anyway, seats taken. Seats taken. To this day, can't not say it. Run, Forrest, run. My number seven. Uh, Scott, what's your number six? Uh, So my number six, you you mentioned it when we were setting up the the list here. It's the music. Um, Yeah, I remember, yeah, my parents, at least my mom, like, really liking it. Uh, Watching it again, it's, it's too much. Uh, like there was like a song a minute it felt like to to the point where it was it was, it was felt it was kind of borderline obnoxious <laughs> with how many song these songs they were trying to squeeze in uh, which is unfortunate because I think the the Alan Silvestri score is really really good in this um, even though they overuse that too I think a little bit as Zemeckis does um, but uh yeah, just there's a lot of a lot of music in this, and it, it's it's overall I think it's too much. Um, it, it goes back to that whole thing of of like just hitting all those buttons with those people that grew up with that stuff. Um, you know, as, as a kid, I didn't think anything of it. You know, but watching it again now, and it, it, it's it's been at least several years since I've I've, I've seen this movie. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was too much. Yeah. I disagree, but I, I I enjoy the. I said I always enjoy the soundtrack. So I mean, the songs aren't the problem. It's just like too many. Yeah, yeah. I, I still like it, and I love this. I love the theme too. So they can play as much as they want. Yeah, the special theme again is is great. <laughs> like, no, no complaints about that. All right, Alex, number six. Uh, my number six is, and this is, I believe, my last gripe of the movie is Jenny's made up illness. For the movie, it it, uh, it it always irks me uh, when it comes around. It's like okay, they're alluding that it's AIDS. It's probably AIDS, but then Forrest doesn't have it. Little Forrest might have it. It's just uh, I I just I, why I I guess I understand why they didn't go with something like cancer or something else that was terminal that they had no cure for. Because it was, you know, topical still. But it's supposed it, to be her lifestyle. Her lifestyle gave it to her, right? I mean, I don't know what... I don't understand the makeup part of it. So, what are talking about? So, yeah, like, 
the HIV totally makes sense. Um, Robert Zemeckis is on record as saying like it doesn't matter. Like she, and he didn't even tell Robin Wright what it was supposed to be. Sure. Um, right. But yeah, it could, could have been, been HIV. It could have been could have been hepatitis from from sharing needles, which could have also been the HIV thing too. Um, that caught up with her. Um, so it didn't necessarily have to be HIV. Uh, for for it to make sense, um, so it didn't didn't bother me that much. Like thinking about whether she had uh, passed along to Forrest or the kid, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I do. It's bullshit. <laughs> well, I don't understand. I still don't understand your gripe with it. You, you, you don't, what's your what don't you what? What's your gripe? I'm sorry, I don't understand. That well, that they didn't come out and say it. First of all what it actually was and second of all i mean i understand that her character she wouldn't have cared or even known if she had the disease and passed it on but they don't even address that in the movie like oh shit uh, maybe i i need to get checked out because now i have hiv or little forest maybe he has hiv but instead of trying to deal with all of that they just so didn't I, name I, the disease i, I guess you can see how uh... she might have been remiss not like talking to forest about her having to get checked but I was assuming she would have had it's the kid checked. Responsible. I would. I would assume she would have had the kid checked by that point. Yeah, and he's positive. <laughs> so, and she didn't tell Forrest. So good job, Jenny. Well, didn't you see Philadelphia? That's a sequel, right? <laughs> yeah. So Philadelphia was the prequel to Forrest. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, that, the part that, like, yeah, she wouldn't have known. I don't think, as much as I, the Ginny character is, uh, whatever she is. <laughs> She's um, a woman. Uh, I don't think she, she knowingly tried to, you know, had sex with Forrest after she right. knew she had it, obviously. So that's yeah. one thing. I, off screen, it could have happened. I mean, she could have had the kid checked, and why not afterwards? Like, hey, I have a sickness. Maybe we should go talk about it. You should get yourself tested. I mean, I don't know, but I know. Yeah, maybe maybe like... she got back in touch with them after she found out. Well, no, because she explains to him when he, when she goes, "I have this." Right, right. Virus. So she finds she finds out that she has this disease, and then she contacts him, and he comes and visits, and then she tells him about it. Oh, so he has a rewrite, a different way of saying it. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, I'm, I'm saying like the way it plays out. Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be her waiting around for years yeah. and then contacting him. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Zach, that's what I was trying to say too, yeah. I don't know, it just felt like that was, like, they didn't have enough time to write something better or it's like, hey, she's just dying of, of uh, something. <laughs> she needs to die, okay. She's got intitulitis. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been better. <laughs> He's got a tittleitis. All right, uh, my number six is uh, Scott was his number six. The soundtrack and music, uh, but I did like the soundtrack. I still love hearing all the different songs. The, I don't care that there's that many, and then the, the main theme, love it. I've been listening to when I get into my programming mode at work. It's just nothing but movie scores that I listen to, and that's been on a lot lately drives Laura insane. <laughs> um, but yes, give me some Alan Silvestri and some John Williams and Horner and I'm good to go. Then steal drums. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Get pumped for the Stack Overflows. Why not? Because it has to start 
I start writing some badass masculine code. <laughs> it just takes over everything else. Um, yeah, well, we were ta- already talked enough about that. So, uh, Scott, number five. That's all we have to say about that. Yeah. Um, so, number five. Uh, so, I think Z- Zemeckis here is 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 doing some some good work, um, but for the most part, it, it, it feels like uh, not not middle of the road because it's better than that um but it's just kind of well shot you know it's just well crafted for the most part uh, but there was one shot in particular um that i that i really loved that, that kind of jumped out to me that made me take notes on it and that's when uh after they um leave vietnam vietnam and they're in the the hospital um the the scene when lieutenant dan pulls him off the bed and then the camera shifts down and for like half the scene, it's shot from under the bed, so you can actually see like the, like the, the frame, I guess, of the bed, like in the top part of the screen, mm-hmm. um, as as he's going through it. Um, and I thought that was just a, a really cool shot, um, just kind of show how far, like Lieutenant Dan's fallen. That you know he's like so low that the camera's on the floor with him. Um, in, in that scene with uh, with Forrest. And yeah, it just uh, a really cool shot in a movie that didn't have a whole lot of, of kind of innovative shots, I think. Um, but, uh, you got shot. Yeah. <laughs> Try out my sea legs. But you don't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, for a tear-jerking drama, this movie is fucking hilarious. Yeah, anyways, that was, that, was, that was my number five. Um, I thought it was cool to to spot something that I that I appreciated that I didn't really think much of before. You you still are Lieutenant Dan. All right, uh, Alex, number five. My number five is well, as I just mentioned that this movie is is really funny. the The comedy really hits, and it helps um, sell Forrest as a character. It, it lightens up some of the heavier situations that the movie presents itself. I think the comedy is very well balanced with the uh, the heavy drama that comes along with it. So that was very, very well done. I don't think uh, the movie would have done nearly as good if like some of the comedy of their jokes didn't land. I agree. I think uh, most of that credit goes to Tom Hanks. Yeah. Just his timing and his, his physical comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, uh, my number five uh, is Forrest in boot camp, and just... <laughs> another hilarious scene. <laughs> yeah, just Gob, why'd you put that gun together so quickly? Because you told me to, Jill Sergeant. Just all that stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's the best answer I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is him doing. He's just the perfect soldier, right? The mind of a perfect soldier. Just all that stuff's cracked. We have. You must have an IQ of 160. <laughs> That's it. Scott Boot Camps, my number five. Scott, number four. Yeah. Uh, my number four is, is my one quote. Uh, well, I guess the, my, my number seven technically was a quote. But uh, the one that I quoted all the time, and it purposely, purposely, purposefully mm-hmm. uh, misquoted. Because I like my my take on it better, but the uh, uh, the sorry I had a fight in the middle. <laughs> sorry I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. 
that that was i think the the funniest line in the movie um and and again tom hanks is so good in that like he has no clue of like the kind of situation that he's in um but he, he's like legitimately like apologizing for, for fighting and just him thinking that it was some kind of actual party that was going on yeah Jeez, uh, i wouldn't even call that a fight he was just taking that guy apart yeah. It's raining, it's raining blows upon him. Yeah. He does it a few times in this movie. Yeah, he goes into berserk, Wolverine berserk yeah. rage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just a really, really funny line. Uh, you know, my, my misquote has always been, uh, "Sorry to ruin your Black Panther party," uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. You've said that for so long, Scott. That when I watched the movie, I was like, "Hey." Yeah. You didn't say it the way I know it. No, you're, yeah. you're, I remember, remember it's like some some get together we had like years and years ago, uh, where Brian called me out on it. He's like, "That's not even the quote," and I said, "Yeah, I know." It's and then I gave him the real quote, and he was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> I thought I had you. Um, the one thing I noticed this time, which I and maybe I, it's not a real thing, but. You know, later, you know, a scene later when Jenny's getting back on the bus and she's going to, back to California. And he goes, "I think you should go to Greenville, Alabama." <laughs> is that is he mimicking the guy on stage earlier who was fucking Vietnam? Oh, you know what? I never thought about it, but yeah, maybe that it, that is a very good take, Jeff. I I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's good. It's the first time, and just the cadence is the exact same way as the dude on the stage. So I was wondering if that's where he got it. That's Forrest's way of, of doing it. But yeah, because he never, right. he never so maybe swears. I'm onto yeah. something there. Yeah, he never swears the entire movie. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, so we're on to Alex's number four. My number four is I like lip sync aside. Uh, I really do like uh, the way that he met some uh, important figures in history, like and influenced them. So we got Elvis, we got uh, John Lennon, uh, Lyndon Johnson. Who else? JFK. Were those like the big three? JF- oh, yeah, because he met the president again. <laughs> Jimmy Carter? Was that the other president? No. No, Nixon. Yeah, it was Nixon. Yeah. And then, Wait, so uh, he met three presidents? Yeah. Damn. It's LBJ, JFK, and Nixon. Mm-hmm. Well, did they show him meeting Nixon? Yeah. Okay. Where are you staying, oh, because young of that. man? Oh, that's oh, that's right. Oh, I have no much better. Oh, hotel. yeah. And he, <laughs> yeah, he calls us. There's a bunch of lights across the way. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah. There's the separations that the, the thing in Alabama with the schools and the mm-hmm. he you know he shows up and he hands the girl her book. Um. Yeah, what else? John Lennon, you already said that. I think the Lennon one was probably the roughest one watching that one again. Oof, yeah. Maybe it's because that one was in color. But, Maybe. Uh, I, I know, I thought the LBJ one was pretty bad. That, was bad too. that really looked like a puppet you just pull his yeah. chin down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Money Python. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, on to my number, what are we doing? My number four? Four, yeah. Yeah, for not being a war movie, the Vietnam sequence in this is pretty damn good, man. Like, it, yeah. I hold this up to any other. This is hold this up to a 
Tropic Thunder. Saving Private Ryan or anything like it was really good. And that scene, you know, where the rain stops and all of a sudden they just turns into a full on war movie was pretty damn great. So it always stands out to me that for not being a war movie, had me has one of the best sequences of a war movie in. Yeah, I, I think Zemeckis is doing some of the, the best work. His some of his best work of the of it of this movie in that sequence when they're in Vietnam because, like, you know, you get Forrest Gump's uh, point of view and it's it's lighthearted and funny, but um, like he's treating the whole thing with like respect, like the right, like it is kind of a fucked up situation. So, well, not kind of it is. Um, I was re- reading some of the trivia and. Uh, you know, it's IMDb trivia, so who knows, like how <laughs> how accurate or how representative it is of people. They they said that that it, when the, the fighting starts, that was super accurate. Like like you, you they would get in these firefights and never see who they were fighting. Right. Um, and that that's how it occurs in this movie. Uh, so yeah, that and then it Terrifying. just yeah. Uh, you know, the rain and just all that. And then, like, I'm sure, I don't know if someone's going to talk about um, the death of Bubba. Ugh. Heartbreaking. And, uh, yeah. The Vietnam sequence. Scott, or sorry, yeah, Scott, number three. Uh, so number three is, is kind of going back to Alex's uh, four. Um, I think I think come down the middle on the middle of the history stuff. Uh, it's, a lot of it, you know, when it, when it's, Lighter stuff, like when he's meeting the president, it's 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 mostly just fun and cute, like all kind of outdated CGI side. Um, but some of it is like I don't know if it's putting the the right context of of what was going on at that point. Like I get it, it's 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 Forrest Gump's point of view, um, so it's never meant to be like that deeper or serious. But um, you know, you go back to him picking up the book. Um, handing that off to to the woman trying to you know, just register for classes, um, and when he gets the Medal of Honor, they said in the trivia that they put his face over somebody else that was actually getting the Medal of Honor at the time um, of that footage. Um, so I, the movie kind of walks this weird line of like, yeah, these these events happen, but you know we're we're gonna kind of put a lighter lighter spin on them. Um, I, I I don't know. Uh, some something about it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, I, I can't really say that they were like wrong to do any of it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I think maybe my problem is that uh, like again, nothing like all this stuff just happens to Forrest. Um, so it kind of puts this rosy glow on everything because you know outside of the the Vietnam stuff. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Jenny and his mom, like, nothing really bad happens to him. Um, and it, it kind of gives, like, this, this glow of, of like, yeah, they didn't, they weren't letting people inside the, the school, and they, like, the governor threatened to, uh, like, not let him in, standing there like one of the biggest assholes in history. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's like, oh, it's funny because Gump then picks up the book, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rambling right now. I think <laughs> I just I, I kind of felt strongly about it. I, I guess I'm, I I don't really know like what I would have wanted them to do differently. Um, but but it did kind of rub me the wrong way watching it again. Uh, a couple of those scenes. 
but overall, so that, it, it, it was going back to your your thing about the the CGI versus uh, the mask. You know, it was it was a very innovative thing at the time, uh, but it was very cool to, to see it happen the first time I watched it. Anyways, yeah. So that's why it's higher on my list. Yeah. I mean, you did Cuban Pete for Pete's sake. That was great. Alex, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is all the running scenes. DeForest just decides to up and leave and just go out for a little run. And he ran for <laughs> how many? How long was it? Is somebody calculated? Yeah. He like, says I saw it. it in like eight, nine months, a year. No, it was oh, like, he says it. It was like over two years. years. Yeah, it was like three or something like that. Like almost. He gives the exact date. I stopped, I ran for three years, two months, yeah, two days or something like that. But yeah, that was great. And meeting and meeting other people along the way. It's like, oh, you just stepped in a big pile of shit. <laughs> it's like, well, it happens. What? Shit? Yeah, it happens. So that became Sometimes. a thing. The smiley face. <laughs> smiley face was dumb. That one was cute. Smiley face was stupid. Yeah, that was a bit too cute, but I still laughed. It's <laughs> like, ah. Because, yeah, oh my gosh, I had so many pants and shorts. <laughs> just like that I wore to school, just school clothes that had that smiley, the stupid smiley face on it. Uh, and then just all of a sudden, he just, uh, he's like, the whole crowd that was following him, his like little cult, he's like, he's gonna say something. Yeah, I think I'd like to go home now. <laughs> he just starts walking back. Yeah. That was great. I just felt like running. Okay, you're doing this for women's rights. So, super weird trivia. I have no idea if this is true or not. They were saying that Sally Field was one of the reporters in that scene when they're on the bridge, like as a male reporter. Huh. So the only per- I, I went back to watch that scene after I saw that bit of trivia, and the only person I can think of is the one that's like right in front next to him, like the short dude with the mustache. Well, I don't remember what they look like. Like I would just say, if you happen to see it again, mm-hmm. like in theory, that's Sally Field, <laughs> like in a lot of makeup, for some weird reason. Well, what I kept thinking about is this is ob- well, obviously old. Uh, Sally Field was wearing makeup because she was not that old at the time comparing to what we just saw with um, Showtime on HBO where Sally Field is is old now <laughs> and I was trying to remember like, I was trying to see how close they got with the makeup I, I, I wanted to go like, you know put them side by side uh, I think okay. it was kind of accurate how they got the way I mean I don't know it's not like what's her face in um, Back to the Future <laughs> it's better makeup yeah, yeah. than that um, Hydrate level four, please. <laughs> so, so Sally Field's like only t- like ten years older than than Tom Hanks, and they were actually right. like love interests in a movie that they did like in the eighties, like not quite ten years before Forrest Gump. But so, yeah. it's funny how that works out. <laughs> All right, uh, my number three. This is um, my version of the special effects. Uh, I remember liking them when we saw it. It definitely stood out this time, but I think I remember thinking it was really cool and really good, and I, I didn't know how they could do it back then. So, you know, take it for its time. I think it, it looks really good, and I like it. And I thought it was fun the way he just would pop into these areas, these special events that were during his time frame and where he was at. And, uh, 
Yeah, I try to think too hard about him if they're disrespecting what really happened or whatever. No, it's just that's where he he lived. He was in Alabama, and that's where that shit was happening. And he was in the war. Well, you know, his age was Vietnam War, and so he would have, you know, like it just felt like it. It felt natural for the movie. Obviously, unrealistic. I think even Al Bundy makes <laughs> a joke about. Is this realistic, Dad? And he's like, "Yeah, about as realistic as, an, as a moron meeting three presidents. Whatever, it's, it's <laughs> cinema, it's Hollywood." <laughs> like, yeah, it just goes with the movie. Yeah, he's a feather floating through the wind, just like that bag in American Me. No, not <laughs> yeah, American, American Me. me what? American Beauty. <laughs> Old Lay Holmes. Wow, wildly different movie. Different bag too. Her and me. Yeah, her and me. <laughs> American. All right, Scott, number two. American, American me. <laughs> um, so my number two is is the uh, Lieutenant Dan character. Um, so the, you know, going back to the CGI once again, uh, that they help realize you know what this character was going through with, the, with all the tricks they're doing with his legs. Um, yeah, Gary Gary Sinise is great here. Um, you know, he, him and Jenny are the ones that have to get character arcs because again, like. You know, Forrest is kind of this blank slate. Uh, so, um, you know, kind of help balance out everything. You get all the bad things that happen to him, and, and you know, Jenny gets it. You know, yeah, Jenny keeps her legs, but <laughs> she gets it much much worse, um, you know, starting from when she's a little kid. Um, which is super dark, by the way. I don't know if anybody's going to talk about that. This, oh, yeah. This movie is surprisingly dark at a couple points. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, just the Lieutenant Dan character and his whole redemption arc, and and I think what I liked most about this is um, the idea that that Lieutenant Dan, um, you know, after his his mother passes, is kind of the one that's looking out for Forrest. Because um, you, you got to think like people are gonna know that Forrest has all this money and and all this stuff. Like they're just gonna grift him, um, mm-hmm. but he's got Lieutenant Dan. Uh, <laughs> he's got his back Ted and Dan like looking out for him and you know they have the cute joke about Apple and, and stuff um, <laughs> yeah, some sort of fruit company yeah um, <laughs> you know just to like yeah it, it just it's it, I don't know it's kind of a beautiful thing like that that Dan is you know kind of decided to you know turn his life around and, and make sure that he's taking care of Forrest in the process um, and, the, the, and the scene when they get back or they meet again at the at the wedding, too, was great. Um, just kind of a, mm-hmm. a lot of emotions from both characters there. Uh, that, that, you know, makes it a, a pretty powerful scene. Uh, yeah. And Lieutenant Dan getting to meet Jenny. Like the two, I guess, the three most important people in his life would be Mama, Jenny, and yeah, Lieutenant yeah, Dan, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Bubba, yeah, too, Bubba. but that was short-lived. But yeah. Um, So, yeah. Nice. Alex, number two. My number two is the speech we didn't hear at the reflecting pool at the Washington Memorial. Lincoln Memorial. Oh, that scene was great. Washington Monument. Reflecting pool. Wasn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah, it's the reflection pool, which is the Washington Monument. But, I mean, at one end is the Lincoln Monument, so it's fine. It's the mall, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, that was awesome. You never hear because that stupid general colonel whatever just yanks out all the all the all the wires before Forrest can uh, speak into the microphone, and then you don't hear anything except for the people on the stage, and then 
they get the sound right back on time for him to say it. And that's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. And he gets hugs from the guys. Beautiful, man. So not not for... And then, go ahead, and then Jenny jumps out into the pool. That was great. Yeah. So it's not for nothing, but... They make like the hippies super obnoxious in this movie. <laughs> well, like it's I, like I don't know if they were trying for anything with that, but that's how they come off. And you know, there's only, there's only like a few like you get the football coach and like the, the Alabama college scene early on, and uh, so I mean it's, it's apolitical, but I, but I feel like every time you see a hippie, they're like horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would relate to hippies, but it's like I wouldn't want to hang out with them. Yeah. So, so the guy doing the Viet fucking damn. Like that, that's a guy named Abby Hoffman. That's, that's supposed to be a real guy. Um, mm. I don't know who the actor was playing him, but um, I never heard of this guy. Like, I, have you either of you? Nope. No, but it was funny. Brian and I were just talking about this the other day. I thought it was somebody else all this time. Yeah. And Brian's like, no, it's this Abby guy. I'm like, no, and I went and looked it up. Like, oh, he was right. So yeah, but no, I had never. That, that was like heard the one like famous person that like the audience was supposed to know who they were. And like his kids, we had no idea. Like, it just <laughs> they weren't a president. You know, they they weren't like uh, like in the middle of the civil rights movement or anything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two is the character of Jenny. I think she's probably the most controversial like character of my childhood and and every time I've watched this I get more layers about her like I hated her first 10 years of my life of watching this movie. She just you know every time she comes back into forced life and then she just breaks his heart and goes away and hated her hated her hated her and as I've gotten older and watched it you know you realize that she's she never had a chance. Her, her what happened to her at a young age, and she just doesn't want to hurt him, and all this other stuff that she's doing, and she's got to find herself. Like, it's very complex and good character, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. still, every time she leaves him, I still get mad, but I, I understand it more than I guess I did when I first saw this. It was just so. I would have her as like, okay, top villains would be like Man and Bambi, Darth Vader, and Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> From Commando, she got kidnapped. It, it was a uh, nice, nice callback, Alex. It, it, it was it was nice, <laughs> not nice. Uh, it was a cool shot when she is thinking about jumping. Um, oh, the, that was terrifying! Like the shot of the, the traffic. Yeah. I I don't know if they sped up the cars or whatever, but it was really intense. <laughs> it was it was a, it was a yeah. pretty cool shot. And they kept cutting back to that, yeah. And just the way he pines for her. Just everything. Just, it's good. And then uh, the scene where it might be the first time I rolled a tear in a movie theater over an emotional scene is when, yeah, she leaves him um, right after she goes into his room and they have sex. And then she just bails the next morning. And it's like nothing but silence as Forrest goes from room to room. And I just remember being so just like, oh. It's the first time I probably ever cried in a movie theater. I think it might be. Yeah, that was hmm. devastating. I, I loved how. Now I cry at like every other scene. In this <laughs> yeah, movie, but that. I I, <laughs> I loved how he uh, he bulldozes the house too. Yeah, like he he probably doesn't like fully understand like why no. she's so upset, but he knows that like yeah, she was she so she, so he gets rid of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. All right, number one, Scott. Uh, number one here is Tom Hanks. Like, um, it goes it goes back to there being a backla- backlash for this and <clears throat> how this movie's been endlessly parodied and, and satired. Um, but I, I I don't think you can plug in anybody else and be able to take this movie seriously on any level um, to or at least to have that character be you know be able to empathize with that character um, and and Tom Hanks is like the one guy who's, who's maybe able to pull that off um, and you know just on top of again being genuinely funny and and uh, um, you know just a lot of it's just his body language in, in this um, that that is uh, you know, just some some great work, um, and when he actually does get the chance to be emotional um, in, in this, it, it's great. Uh, the The scene, you know, when he's standing at her grave, um, is really the only time you ever see him like open up fully in the entire movie. Um, mm-hmm. When he when he realizes that that he has the son, um, and he, you know, he asks, you know, is he smart? Like that's <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. a rough scene to watch. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just subtle when he's you know telling the story about like what happened to Bubba and um, yeah, you know, just uh, you know, on top of again just being again he's this blank slate that stuff just kind of happens to him, uh, but you still fully empathize with him. Um, he just brings like an innocence to it uh, that, that again I don't think many people could have pulled off. So yeah, number one Tom Hanks here. Agreed. It's my number one as well. But uh, Alex, want to go next? Number one. Yeah, my number one is when he meets Little Forest. Oh, probably just because I'm a dad now. Uh, it, it just hits me really hard every time that scene is just phenomenal. And uh, he got a dad named Forest too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, he's like, Little Forest, you're his daddy. He's like, oh, and you can see the tears. You can see the tears welling up in his eyes. It was incredible. Ah, so great. And then the wedding, and then seeing seeing him off to school, and Forrest just sits on a log, and he's just, you know he's just going to sit there, waiting until he comes back, and that's it. Oh my gosh. And not mentally capable of raising a child. (laughs) Sure he is. Well, Forrest can raise himself. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if uh, Forrest should probably get a... Uh, a blood test on there because you know she was with a lot of them, so <laughs> Jesus yeah I know She's totally got HIV <laughs> see I'm just yeah. saying she's going after Forrest got a lot of money she's just dropping him off wouldn't put it past her even though I just said all the stuff nice stuff I said about <laughs> the previous one old yeah. habits die hard but they're fishing alright uh, my number one is Tom Hanks as well. Um, everything Scott said, he's really good in the role. And, you know, with his, whatever, his disorder, his mental issues, they don't, I don't think, I mean, this movie's held up. I don't think there's anything that you really, uh, like, look at it and go, yeesh, they went too far with it. I think they did it respectfully. Uh, they don't really say, you know, exactly what he is, if it's a form of autism or whatever. I, I just think they did that well. He didn't go Sean Penn or anything. I don't know. I just think uh, he just did a really good job. And like the one thing that stands out, whenever he yells, he gets out of character. Then it's just Tom Hanks. Jenny! <laughs> you know, like, might as well be, 
you know, in the money pit yeah. or whatever. But I eat There's it really no crying good. There's no baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> um, it's really good. And just some of his little, his little lines. We already talked about, like, she don't got no legs with a tan. Or I always love the moment when he has graduated from college and the army recruiter's there. And, Son, have you ever put any thought into your future? <laughs> Wait a second. Thought. <laughs> I, I like, like when he's, he's actually every time when he's actually getting the the degree after only five years of playing football. <laughs> yeah. Or when he, uh, he when Lieutenant Dan shows up at the the boat, <laughs> that is my boat. Yeah. <laughs> crashes into the dock. That was awesome. But you don't got legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> I know that you idiot. <laughs> Yeah. All right, that's my number one. Any honorable mentions? Um, <laughs> whole damn movies are honorable mention. Yeah, it is the the maybe uh, laugh out loud in the that scene where she takes him back to the dorm room, and the scene finishes when it pans over to the, the <laughs> yeah. bed and the roommates just sitting there, their eyes open, like staring at the wall, <laughs> going what the, like wondering what the hell's going on. Like, yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah, like you, you talked about Jenny again. That, that's also a, a great character. Um, just didn't quite make my list. Yeah. I'd say the scene, Lieutenant, like a New Year's Eve scene with Lieutenant Dan and him and the girls, and how he Oof. stands up for Forrest and yeah. and all that. And even Forrest like, can see this, so he doesn't like being called crippled, as I don't be called dumb, and all that stuff. Those girls were mean, and yeah. they tasted like cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> they tasted like cigarettes. <laughs> uh, just a couple, couple other bits of. Uh, he's got a lot of trivia. Um, anytime you see a picture of him in the movie, like his eyes are closed. Yeah, <laughs> eyes. yeah. every which, single one. Which is funny. The ping pong um, battle. I think speaking of the ping pong, uh, it's fucking cut out. Like, like apparently, after the guy tells him that you have to keep your eye on the ball, every scene that you see him playing ping pong, he doesn't blink. Uh, I don't know how true that is because I didn't like go back to watch it, but <laughs> there it is. Must have been rough. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being absolute garbage. Seven being perfection. Scott, what do you give Forrest? Uh, it's still a six. Um, this this moves right along. Um, again, some things about it kind of bother me that I could put my my finger on this time around uh but it, this movie is, is very earnest um in a way that that you know i don't think we're gonna see again very often um so jim barney could have been for it <laughs> could have been uh, and he had a lot of little things um the, again the score is great um it's it's doing a lot of fun things even if some of them didn't hold up from a cgi standpoint and you know and Tom Hanks is, is also great here. So, yeah, six. Okay, Alex. I'm going to give it a six. It's still a, a great movie. It hits the feels, hits the funny bones, and, and it's uncomfortable in, in the right places. The movie's very well paced and balanced. I love it. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give it a seven. Um, loved it when I was younger. Still liked it now. I think it, the, as we mentioned, it's both funny and tear jerking. Uh, we talked about very special characters like Jenny and Lieutenant Dan and Tom Hanks and 
Well, yes, the CGI doesn't hold up. That is not going to take it down for me. So yeah, um, seven for me. And with that, it's time for our crossover topic, which is what Scott uh, top five boats, uh, and then a very small slash ships. Uh, so when when I was making my list yeah. here, I was trying not to come up with like actual like ship ships, like from the like nautical term. But you know, I'm definitely not a boat person. I get sick when I go out in the water, so I'm the last person that should have a say in this stuff. Um, I didn't even think about that. I just picked, you know, cool names I could remember. <laughs> so we'll start with something that, that uh, is, I don't know, maybe you can still find it on TV now in some point, uh, on some channel. Uh, maybe it's still on, like, whatever Nick at Night is called now. Uh, if that's still a thing. Um, but uh, the SS Minnow. Yeah, um, on my list. Yeah. Uh, grew up seeing Gilligan's Island. You know, going back to Forrest Gump, like, Seeing things that weren't around when I, <laughs> or that were that were happening way before I was born, uh, you have the, the Gilligan's Island here. So yeah. I think we all still have the theme song stuck in our heads yeah. or memorized anyway. Skipper, I, I was, uh, I still think it's hilarious that the the song, the initial song that they made for the show, they cut out uh, the professor and Marianne. Yeah, <laughs> they just said and the rest. And the rest. And then when they finally okay. changed the song to the Professor and Marianne, it was like the same measure. Like it didn't make the song any longer. So it felt like yeah. they went out of their way to like just not have these people in the song in the beginning. Uh, but anyways, Gilligan's Island, S.S. Manu. I always felt like they didn't know how to add Professor and Marianne yeah. to like, and the rest. And then they hired some new guy and he's like, you know, if we just did this, like, God damn it. And there's like a whole like. <laughs> Documentary about it, just like yeah. <laughs> we could have been doing this the whole time. <laughs> All right, um, uh, Alex, number five. Uh, my number five is one of two Simpsons boats, <laughs> and this one is from a fictional TV show that the Simpsons love, Night Boat, <laughs> <laughs> which is a play on uh, Night Rider. Oh, <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. It's like faster night boat. They're getting away. <laughs> oh no, they're heading to land. They're they're gonna get away. Don't worry, Michael. There's a fjord. <laughs> uh, did they actually was there? Did they actually have the voices for that? I don't think so. Was there not a boat? Because I know there was <laughs> there was Airwolf and what was the motorcycle one? Oh, there wasn't a boat. There one. was a boat one, but not in that that same time frame in the 90s I think there was um, Nightboat uh, something Thunder there was, it was, uh, Tropic it was Thunder it might have been called Tropic Thunder I don't remember but uh, was that the one with Hulk Hogan? Hogan yeah the one with Hulk Hogan that's right <laughs> Thunder in Paradise that was it yeah, yeah good, good pull Alex that's what it was <laughs> Jesus <laughs> alright Alright, my number five, I have no idea what the name of the boat is, but I'm just calling it, I'm on the boat boat. <laughs> what, <are you> flippity <laughs> floppities? Yeah. The boat that's used in the music, the music video for I'm on a boat by... Lonely Island. Those guys are. Andy, Andy Sandberg's band. What is Lonely it? Lonely Island. The Lonely Island. Lonely Island. That's it. I'm on a boat. I, I, that's a song that's good. Gonna, to that's going to date whatever year that was, 2008 or something, 2007. Anyway, Scott, number four. Number four is 
the Red October. Uh, from the hunt for Red October. Uh, uh, it's a U-boat, so I'm going to allow it. I was going to say, apparently we're allowing U-boats. <laughs> well, I, guess, I guess technically they, they call submarines boats. They don't call them ships. So, so I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Red October uh, is uh, one of my favorite. Um, I, I, I guess technically it's an action movie. <laughs> Thriller, I don't know how you want to qualify it exactly. Yeah, political thriller, I think, uh, more than But uh, nautical thriller, yes. That, that, yeah, nautical thriller. <laughs> that, yeah. that genre. Uh, you just them spending all the, the, the whole movie pretty much inside the submarines. Um, super cool. They, it, they have pictures of the set, and it's awesome. Like they, they, they built this huge uh, like soundstage, like elevated soundstage, so they could like move it around. Um, to, you know, to make the submarine seem like it was tilting and stuff. and um, Yeah, it's super cool. So, how did Red October? Cool. All right. Alex, number four. My number four is from a movie we did earlier this year from uh, Cabin Boy. <laughs> the Filthy Whore. That's the name <gasps> of the ship. And it, I'm pretty sure they just named it for that one joke. <laughs> we gotta get it, keep his grubby hands off the Filthy Whore <laughs> when they're fighting the giant... Uh, that's a that's a name for a boat right there. Everybody pile on to the filthy whore. We're here to catch fish and smell bad. <laughs> or stink. What was the last? That's something. Alright. Uh, my number four was the minnow. You know, that's just minnow from Gilligan's Island. So... I always just wanted to know how Professor could make a radio out of coconuts <laughs> yeah. but not pa- patch yeah. a hole in the boat. Yeah. But yeah. whatever. That would solve. That would make the show not run very long. Um, uh, Scott, number three. Number three. I'm going to steal Alex's Simpsons one here, and that would be the SS Live Forever. Oh, you fucker! <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let Alex talk about this later. But uh, this is one of the funniest goddamn things that would happen in the Simpsons. Uh, yeah. Two weeks from the I don't time blame you for having it. Li- yeah. Little Susie's all grown up. <laughs> So yes, the the SS Live Forever from The Simpsons. Uh, Alex, you're gonna talk about this because I don't remember this. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's much higher on my list. <laughs> All right. Well, then what's your number three? Uh, my number three is from Hot Shots. <laughs> the ship that they're the first ship that they're on is the SS SS. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's SS the two S's and then it's E S S E S. That's one of the first gags. Uh, that they show when you're when you're watching the movie and it just it fucking kills me. It's so stupid. Uh, but that's the uh, whatchamacallit? Zuckerman's for you. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Alright, well my number three is kind of a combo but it's from the same franchise in a weird way. And it would be the Black Pearl from Pirates of the Caribbean the movie. Mm-hmm. But then also the little boats you ride when you go on Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. the ride. Yeah, yeah. Only one of those two will give you whiplash. <laughs> well, I, you get whiplash on Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> when when they when they drop. When, no, Whoa. when uh, the boat's back the boat up. Stops. Yeah, yeah. And somebody rams you. Yeah. Fly. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, small that world is... too. Yep. It's got to drink the well, water. Pirates. <laughs> Pirates is my favorite ride at Disneyland. 
and so I had to I had to put at least one Disney boat on here. And then I actually like the Black Pearl from the original movie. So yeah, there it is. Uh, Scott number two. Uh, number two is from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and that is the the riverboat. Um, I think he calls it the Wonkatania. Uh, yeah, but that scene is effing intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the way we're going, and it's suddenly not slowing. Is it <laughs> raining? Just... Is it snowing? It's like what, what, what happened when they wrote that scene? Like, <laughs> like somebody yeah. was on something. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was definitely drugs involved in making that scene. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a... or everlasting gobstoppers. Mm. Yeah, I recently rewatched. Um... Thor Ragnarok, and I forgot that, yeah, they they put in that little homage to Willy Wonka yeah. in that movie. That was great. Uh, yeah, that this is like real life. There's, there's there's plenty of things that happen in that movie that would scare kids, but um, like real life kids that they were in the factory on that, that tour or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. I would have scared the shit out of everybody. Like that's that's the nope part of the tour. The we're good. <laughs> We've seen enough. Yeah, well, it was a test of courage. I don't know. I first sign of an Oompa Loompa, I would have the fuck out of yeah, there. Yeah, what? <laughs> These are aliens, definitely, and I'm leaving. All right. Oompa Land. <laughs> or Alex, number two. Uh, my number two is The Inferno from Goonies. Uh, and I actually had to look that up because I knew the ship had a name, but I didn't know what it was. So I had to look it up. Really? And it's The Inferno. When I'd Willie's that- ship. Is that ever mentioned in the movie? Because I do not remember that. I don't think so. It might have been like in a newspaper clipping. Oh, okay. Or something. Like up in the attic or something. Yeah. But okay. yeah, they don't mention cool. the name. Or maybe it's even on the uh, aft. Not the stern, because that's the front. But, you know, at the back of the ship. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's on the starboard side. Port. Huh. That's a good call. That's where one of the just naming every part of the boat that he knows. Yeah. There's a skiff, the sheep shank. Poop deck. Yeah, poop deck. Is a poop deck really what I think it is? (laughs) Promote this man. All right. uh, My number two is actually from a book, and it's nonfiction, so I don't know where he falls in this category in our podcast at all. But it's the endurance from the Shackleton adventures down in antarctica uh, um okay i had to read this as part of like leadership training and i freaking fell in love with the book it's so awesome there are like terrible like made like bbc movies like made for tv and stuff i do not know why this is not made into as a real motion picture but um the boat itself is not that special i mean it gets down there and it gets stuck in the ice and <laughs> And uh, they have to travel more by using one of the lifeboats. But uh, anyway, it's just a cool... When I think of boats, I always think of that. And they actually just found it in the last year or so. They went up there and some explorers found it. Because, you know, the Earth's melting, so all that stuff's coming out now. And you can just find stuff. <laughs> I have no idea if that's why they just found it. Probably also technology allows you to find things a lot easier, too. But anyway, Endurance. Read the book, but which I think is the same name. Cool. Um, Scott, number one. Uh, number one. So I stole from Alex earlier, so now I think I'm going to steal from Jeff. Yes, you are, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Son of a bitch! 
Uh, that would be the orca. Uh, knew it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so I'll save. I'll save this one for Jeff. Okay. I'll ask Alex number two, number one. My number one is the live forever. <laughs> it's a it's a clip from a McBain movie, and he's talking with his partner, uh, Scoey, I think his name is. Yeah. And yeah, he's showing him pictures. Yeah, two days from retirement. <laughs> gonna gonna sail oh. around the world. Just got a boat. Gonna sail around the world with my wife. And he shows them a picture. Give <laughs> the, the fucking boat. Just live forever. <laughs> he's like, yeah, everything is gonna be just fine. And he gets shot. Like seventy-eight times <laughs> from multiple angles. That's incredible. Shows the picture of his daughter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> little Susie's all grown up. <laughs> and then the and then the the scream at the end. Mendoza. <laughs> I'm not gonna make it. Stop talking crazy. Stop talking crazy. Just <laughs> okay. do it, uh, Get Mendoza. Yeah, look up this clip. So I remember. I remember all of this, but what is uh what what episode was this for? What was the main storyline? Uh, they I know they were they saw the scene in the video store because immediately after that the store clerk tells Homer, "Hey, do you want to rent this movie?" He's like, "Why? I just saw the best part." <laughs> yeah, that uh, didn't answer my that, question. No, I know, but <laughs> okay. it's my way of thinking. I'm trying to work okay. my way backwards on the episode to see which one it fucking was. Uh. Oh, why you're thinking? I remember Simpsons boat thing where I don't know if it's McBain or it's another action hero, and he's with some like girl on the boat, and she's like, "Ooh, let me take off this stifling bikini." <laughs> oh, it was great. It's like a Bond parody one, maybe. I don't remember. Oh I yeah, just... I think it was a Bond thing. Let me get out of this stifling bikini. All right, Alex doesn't remember. Well, you think about it. I don't. Uh, number one is Orca, as Scott said. Uh, it just there's nothing that special about the boat other than it's in my favorite movie of all time. Um, just watched Jaws last week. Uh, first time in 4K, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the boat. It gets sunk. It's cracked in half by the shark. Birdie kills the shark. Shark goes in the cage. Man goes in the cage. Shark's in the water. Something Our like shark. That. Here's the swimming with bow-legged women. Just everything, the whole, just the, one of the classic scenes of them telling or him telling the story about the. I guess you could have put the SS in the USS Indianapolis on there, just from his story alone. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a rugged ship or boat that you can't push too hard or it's gonna break down, and it does. We need a bigger boat. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I sent, just sent a picture, a picture of the boat. All right, so you remember the episode yet, Alex? Uh, it it was called Saturdays of Thunder. I think it was the uh, uh, race car derby, so box derby race episode. Oh, okay. All right. Well, with that, any uh, we're done. I had two honorable mentions. One was the Jolly Roger from um, Peter Pan or Captain Hook. And then from Arrested Development, the C word. There you go. Uh, can't talk about uh, boats without mentioning the the real boat, the SS Mansour, named after uh, one of our uh, classmates. That's a great one. Yeah, that went to yep. uh, we went to high school with him. 
So there he is. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pass my auto mention after that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> oh, sorry, I guess I should. No, 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 that's a good way to end it. <laughs> uh, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Uh, yeah, a bit of uh, sad news. Uh, a legend has uh, passed today. It's serious sports news for once. And uh, Vince Scully has passed away. Uh, living here in Southern California, we all heard his voice at one time or another. Uh, selling us those delicious Dodger hot dogs. <laughs> Farmer John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... So yeah, definitely a California, L.A. icon. Yeah, they, and Brooklyn. Yeah, so guy started in Brooklyn Dodgers. Wow, really? Damn. Yeah, so, was he like ten yeah. years old. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it's easy to say like these people are like legendary, but like I don't think it, like there's a, there's been scolding. There's pretty much everybody else. Like we we've talked about um, mm-hmm. you know some of the LA greats we've we've had around here like Bob Miller and Chick Hearn and um, but it, but I feel like even they you know quite aren't doing the same work that Vince Scully was doing. Um, so yeah, it, it is sad. Um, you know, he was 94. Um, so I feel like, you know, I don't know much about his personal life, but it seems he had a pretty damn good run. Mm-hmm. Probably all those hot dog preservatives. That <laughs> Probably. Gotta, yeah. gotta eat more Dodger From, dogs. Yeah. You know, just some of the, the all-time calls. The, the Hank Aaron's 715th. The, the Kirk Gibson thing, which I actually saw live, um, you know, just just good shit. <laughs> like whenever there was, the, when he was still broadcasting and they had those those games versus Dodgers versus the Angels, I would I would listen to the Dodgers broadcast because it was a chance to listen to Vince Scully. So. Yeah, you would be dumb if you didn't because the Angels have never had a good announcer. That's, so. that's not true. Mm, Rory Marcus was good. Fair enough, but he wasn't Vince. No, Scully, no, so no, no matter like, who they. <laughs> I don't think any of those people would be offended by saying that we <laughs> listen to Vince Scully instead. Yeah. yeah. Why don't the Angels just hire Jerry the King Lawler? <laughs> great. That would be an upgrade. <laughs> My God, if they had Jr. and Jerry the King <laughs> doing Angel games, I would start watching Shea. baseball again. Home run, Shane, Shane, Shades of Our Neighbors. <laughs> Shades of Kieran Anderson. <laughs> Shades of Kieran Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time for Neum News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, I think I talked about the bear already on FX. Um, if not, just saying that I that I dug it. I recommend watching it. It's like it's only like six episodes, so maybe six to eight. Uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um, it's about a restaurant, but it's FX, so it's kind of gritty. Um, so there's that. Um, a John Wick 4 teaser came out. I think this is all out of Comic-Con. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm hyped for this. Uh, I enjoyed the third one. I don't think I thought it was great. But in the teaser, the like minute and a half teaser, uh, they had Donnie Yen as like a blind assassin. Um, I don't know that I saw him. I was looking at the cast list. Like Scott Atkins is there, and for people that don't know who he is, he's like the B movie action king that like nobody knows about. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it looks like there's some some good shit that, that could be going on in John Wick Four. 
Uh, new season of Harley Quinn started up on HBO Max. Uh, I, I like I've said many times, I, I loved uh, the first two seasons, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to digging into more of this now. I'm a few episodes in, um, so now it's time to talk about MCU stuff. Uh, so mostly, I just want to talk about the uh, the phases, the phase timelines that were announced, and then talk about a couple other things, uh, hopefully keeping this as brief as possible. Um, so, in the current phase, um, we just got through Thor, Love, and Thunder. Oh, yeah. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Uh, and Black Panther is supposed to come out in November, and that kind of will, will tie up the phase as far as the movies are concerned. Um, as far as the TV shows, we've got uh, Miss Marvel um, finished up uh, a bit ago. Um, oh, I still have to finish we've that. Got, such a good show. We've got She-Hulk on the way um, in the middle of this month, so just a couple weeks. Um, there's some Halloween thing that I don't know much about, and there's supposed to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can't wait. So that, that'll tie up this year and, and this phase. Um, and then, uh, they, they threw up like all the phase five stuff and yeah, it's, it's, it's loaded. Um, so, uh, just try to run through this quickly. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and they've, they've set up, um, Kang as, as a villain for this. And it turns out like, as, as we get into this, uh, he's going to be like the villain. Um, I was talking to my brother about this and... It's not going to be like the monolithic threat that uh, like Thanos was, like like he's going to bring together a bunch of villains um, that everybody's going to have to fight. So it'll be um, you know kind of a, a slightly different thing than the Thanos uh, when eventually the mm-hmm. the Avengers get together again. Uh, but uh, at any rate, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, uh, Loki Season Two, Blade, and Agatha Coven of Chaos. Um, should all land next year. Um, and then, kind of surprisingly, that it, it, it's a movie instead of another show. There's a new Captain America movie um, that's going to feature um, Sam. Uh, called Captain America New World Order. Um, and that'll be 2024. Um, and those are... Cool. Uh, all the... Well, I, I miss Secret Invasion... Um, and Echo, and the Marvels, which will also be 2023, and Ironheart. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm confused by this graphic. <laughs> you missed the yeah. So a lot stuff. of stuff in 2023. Uh, yeah. So the the Marvels, the Echo, which is the spinoff of um, the character from Hawkeye. Um, Secret Invasion will be the, the Scrolls and and Nick Fury, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, you get 2024 Agatha, Captain America, um, Daredevil back. Um, so that'll be cool. Uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what they do with that. You know, when it's Disney plusified, uh, you know, not definitely yeah. won't be as dark as the uh, the original Netflix run. I'm sure. Yeah, it better be. Um, and then Thunderbolts. Um, this one was oh <laughs> not not quite a surprise because <laughs> they've already been kind of setting this up with like the U.S. agent and uh, Yelena Romanov and. Uh, I, I don't know, like, Abomination, maybe. We'll see what happens in She-Hulk. 
yeah. Just all the, the the more like morally ambiguous characters that have shown up in the shows and the movies. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see who winds up there. This one's kind of a bummer though because uh, you know William Hurt passed away. Um, they're named the Thunderbolts after Thunderbolt Ross, from my, my understanding yeah. is. Um, so we'll see who potentially replaces that character. Uh, and then they did Phase Six stuff. Um, this is much more sparse, but uh, basically um, mentioned a Fantastic Four movie in 2024. Um, I don't want to spoil anything about the potentials for that. If you know, you know <laughs> who might be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this finally, uh, you know, they brought it under the umbrella of the MCU. We'll see if we if we get something a little more worthy than uh, the first three. Well, not counting like the Roger Corman one, but yeah, I know. <laughs> I still want to see the, the two, <laughs> all three of the Fox ones, I guess. Um, yeah. And then uh, in twenty in early twenty twenty six in May, here's here's uh, another interesting. Or gets interesting again. Uh, you have Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and then later that year, not even. Um, uh, you know, the following May or whatever, you get the Avengers Secret Wars. Um, so it's looking to be like another two-parter kind of thing, uh, but just several months apart instead of uh, a full year. So, yep, lots and lots of Avengers stuff. Uh, well, not Avengers stuff, MCU stuff. But yeah, they they eventually gonna put the Avengers together. So we'll see what that 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 finally looks like. Um, just a couple other small things. Um, another uh, trailer, more footage from She-Hulk. Um, it was it was fun to see uh, Wong show up in that as well. Like you know, when saying all along, he's connective tissue. So you know, and he is the Sorcerer Supreme. So it makes sense <laughs> that he's popping up everywhere. Um, so there, there was that. And then, uh, did either of you see the Wakanda Forever trailer? Or yes. I think they're officially calling it a teaser, which again is bullshit because it's like yeah, it is bullshit. like three minutes long. But yes, I saw it. Uh, yeah. It looks amazing. It did. I gave me goosebumps. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super hyped for this. Um, maybe it's part of the the meta behind it, you know, with with what happened to Chadwick Boseman. But um, yeah, super looking forward to this. I did. I did kind of laugh a little bit when when Angela Bassett was was like, you know, I've I've sacrificed my whole family. I think that was the line. She says whole. I'm like, well, what about the sister? Like, you just disowned her or something? <laughs> so, uh, at, at any rate, um, trailer looks rad. Um, super looking forward to this. Uh, and that's, that's basically all I wanted to, to go over this time around. Maybe we'll have some more news next time uh, from, from the MCU. But, uh, yep, that's, that's, that's everything I wanted to go over. Uh, I don't... Um, I didn't dig into too much else... Um, regarding news coming out of comic-con maybe you or jeff knows more about the dc stuff but uh yeah that's that's where i will leave off um alex anything you want to go over well i want to go say there's too much mcu it's too much i don't yeah. care anymore yeah there's it's a bit much like bit much as in just too much too much news too much stuff coming out in a row and everything i've i've hit the fatigue man like too, too much yeah, too much too. content yeah, everything. Okay, that's that's it's been like, the I, I, that's been like the ongoing complaint from everybody for like a long time. I guess everybody just reaches that point. 
Yeah, they got to take a break. Or, well, not everybody. I don't think I've hit that point quite yet. But because yeah, okay. like I like, I really like Ms. Marvel. Uh, that show's fantastic, but it's like, uh, it's like a chore. I know that I'm gonna like it as soon as I start watching the episode, but I just can't bring myself to watch like to click play on the next episode. You know, it's one of those things. And I know I'm gonna like, you know, Love and Thunder, but it's again, it's like, uh. Yeah, like everything you just said, Sky. I mean, I, I don't care. It's like, okay, I'll watch it, but uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. not looking forward. Just tell me when it's tell me when it shows up, and I'll go see it. But <laughs> would, yeah, would, you, would you say that you're at the same challenging. that's that same level with Star Wars? No, because at least the Marvel stuff's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch. Yep. So, Agreed. Uh, so no, Star Star Wars is different too because that's I have a personal relationship with my feelings on Star Wars, and it just keeps. <laughs> stepping on it and stepping on it. I don't know. Like I said, I've always said a Marvel movie could be dumb and not faithful to the comics because I don't care because I didn't grow up with it. Like with Star Wars, they, as soon as they break canon or one thing, I get all super upset. So that's different. It's a different thing. Okay. But I just think it's too much. I saw Love uh, you know, Love and Thunder. It was a good movie, but I don't need to see it again. I couldn't like, even tell you really what happens in it. It's like I, haven't, I enjoy watching it, but I'm not that into it like I was for the first... You know, I guess up through Thanos. Okay. Anyway. Right. Uh, Alex, you want to go over? Uh, yeah. I just, uh, as usual, I'm late to the party on uh, on video games because I got a lot going on. But I'm finally playing uh, Elden Ring. And it's great. Uh, Jeff, I think you mentioned that if uh, the latest uh, Zelda game, what was it called? Skyrim Sword, <laughs> Breath, of, Breath Wild. of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. If that didn't, if that game didn't have like the Zelda veneer, then you'd probably like it. And uh, I think you should give Elden Ring a try. It's really good. No, I like. The, no, my problem with Breath of the Wild is it's the the breath. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just too big and expansive, and I don't know where I'm going, and I don't like the fact that I can go anywhere. That's my problem with these big games. Now I, I need Ooh, some. Okay. I need some... It's a linear, linear game. Yeah. Jeff needs to be told where to go and where, where Onion and his belt. In that case, I don't... you should play Hades. That <laughs> game is awesome. And it gives me the Super Meat Boy feels. Uh, because you know how Super Meat Boy was a really difficult platformer. Uh-huh. But with really tight controls, this has really tight combat. And it's brutal. And like the stuff is random, power ups that you get are random. It's fantastic. I can't I can't handle the rogue light rogue like stuff too much. Yeah, me either. But this one just Hades just really clicked. I think it's because of the um, Greek mythology mm-hmm. hitched onto it. I'm a real I'm a sucker for real good uh, Greek mythology. And yeah, it doesn't follow everything to a T, but. Seeing all those characters come to life, like Theseus is such a fucking asshole. <laughs> I hate him so much, and I love fighting him every single time I go up against him. It's fantastic. So, so in Elden Ring, like, how many times do you think you've died so far? Oof, I don't know. Probably, maybe under ten. And that was like the first. Uh, not... That was like the first ten minutes. Yeah, I'm still in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm still. I'm still in the starting it. area, pretty much. You haven't? You're, no. still, you're still entering your name through. I, I just yeah, know it's a Souls game, so I I don't know that I can handle that frustration. 
The thing is, they made it so you can summon, like, they have spells that any class can summon. So I have this one where you can summon three wolves, and they help you fight and stuff. And I know, like, a lot of the haters are going to say, oh, that's not really playing, that's cheating. It's like, dude, the game tells me to do this. <laughs> it's it's a mechanic. No, that's not, that's not cheating, because I played a necromancer in EverQuest, and I summoned a skeleton to fight for me. So yeah, exactly. So I, I, that helps a lot. It's still hard, but it's not, like, punishing. Unless you want it to be. See, I like the option. So, I think I think you'll have a good time with this game. Wait, but you're saying it's this is one of those Demon Souls games or whatever? Yeah. Oh, so, fuck that. It is fucking hard. But like I said, written, you can summon help. Written, though, by George R. R. Martin. R. R. George Railroad Martin? Yes. Oh, so the game doesn't end. Got it. hey yeah, so far, uh, I'm digging it. They give you a mount. They get you spells. You got cool, cool enemies to fight. It's neat. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to go over? Nope, that's it. All right, Hefe. I don't know. But has someone not come up with the meme of like combining George R. R. Martin with the never-ending story? It seems like there's some... <laughs> <laughs> somehow those can be put together. Yeah. Just so many Alex Photoshop. Uh... The, at the at the very end, when it's Bastion riding the the luck dragon, instead of the luck dragon, just make it like like George R. R. Martin when he's flying yeah, him. Martin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just you just yeah, just impose Martin's face on the little boy on the on the Falcor. Um, I would a little. Continue to watch Better Call Saul. Really good. Only a couple episodes left. Um. I'm, on Disney Plus, they released a little mini docu series on industrial light and magic. Yeah. I've been watching that, and they just dumped all the episodes. I think, um, cool. so that's been fun. There's like six, seven episodes. I'm like four in, and it goes from you know how how Lucas had to do it, you know, form it to create Star Wars, and then how you know he helped, you know, then I guess kind of the same thing with Empire, but then after that, you know, Spielberg used it for other stuff and just, and now I'm just getting into the whole digital and Terminator 2, or not even Terminator, Abyss so far, but, so that's really interesting, lots of nice archival footage, seeing all these, I mean, if, if you're like us and you've watched, uh, you know, behind the scenes videos and all these people that you know, like Dennis Muren and John Knoll and Phil Tippett, and you see all these guys from back in the day, just young and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Enjoying that. Didn't didn't and didn't uh, the guy who what's it the guy who designed the Death Star Passer recently? That I don't know. The the bug guy? <laughs> yes, that guy. I mean What's his name? The original Death Star wasn't that uh Ralph McQuarrie? No. I mean, I think somebody did something with Star Wars. And anyway, it's not exactly good. Yeah. No, I mean, that's kind of all I have on that. And as far as Comic-Con news, I, I briefly paid attention to the MCU stuff. Like I said, wasn't too interested. I was hoping to see like some X-Men stuff. That's the thing I really am looking forward to and didn't really see anything there. So that's... But I kind of expected it. I mean, they just made a new X-Men movie a few years ago, so they're probably trying to get some <laughs> some time and distance between that crap fest. Um, but some Star Wars stuff has come out, which maybe even more will come out at D23 next month, but yeah. they released the uh, Andor trailer, oh, or a new that. Andor trailer, and that looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it looks it's cool. Probably going to suck, like all the other stuff, but it looked <sighs> cool. 
it's a TV show. So it's, it might be good. Mm, Book of Boba Fett's TV show. I know. It's hit and miss, but yeah. it looks cool, at least. It looks cool, and it also looks cool that it's... I think it's not filmed in the volume, which is... They're actually out in some... They're outside of a set, and they kind of like that. Uh, yeah, so that looks cool, and there was one other Star Wars thing, but now I can't remember it. Uh, lightsabers are awesome. <laughs> was that it? No, well, yeah, they are, but that's not it. Okay. And there was another. Oh, oh, I did hear a rumor. I always follow Disneyland rumors. It's probably just a rumor. This rumor's been out there rumor. forever, but but it's picking up steam. <laughs> is they might bring back the People Mover? Oh, the People Maker. Yeah, so that would be interesting. And I just think they'd bring it back, and we're all gonna be like, "Oh, this is all that is. This kind of sucks." What was even <laughs> that ride? It was just like the Tron part, right? And then you're just kind of above yeah. Tomorrowland yeah, a little outside. bit, and then you had to stop eventually because it broke down every five minutes. <laughs> you would. Uh, I think it was breaking down. It's like people were not getting off it in time or waiting for. Oh, people got off on that ride. Hey, <laughs> I heard. <laughs> it's Vaughn and that guy, the people mover, got it on. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> it would, go- yeah, it never, it didn't go fast, but it went through other attractions. Like you'd go through Star Tours, you'd go through Space Mountain, you would go through like the Star Trader arcade. It would just kind of take you through. You go over the Autopia. I don't know. It's a. I remember as a kid liking it because it was kind of like relaxing. You would, there'd be never a line for it because it went so quickly. Uh, and you would just get on it and just rest for 15 minutes or whatever. And then, yeah, the, the cool Tron scene was the best. The, they're, yeah. the track's still there, right? They didn't tear that out? They didn't tear it out. But from what the rumor had always been is, they remember, they took it out and then they put in the rocket rods. Yeah. Right. So they tended to put on like a faster ro- ride on there. And that, so apparently the torque and the, the weight of those things was kind of ruining the track. And the braces weren't strong enough to hold it up supposedly and so that's why they kind of stopped it and they've never put anything on there and ever, because it intertwines with all the other rides you really can't take it out without destroying the rides you know and mm-hmm. but now these rumors are saying no actually there's only like one or two parts that weren't uh structurally sound and they can kind of beef those up and i don't know it would just be fun i, I tomorrowland is like one of the best places that is now but it's also like it's, it's so outdated. It's just so... <laughs> I don't know. Whenever I go there, I'm like, yeah, let's go on Space Mountain and get the fuck it's out of that, here. It's like a 50s stank <laughs> on it still. Yeah. yeah. Which I think they should... I don't think they should try to predict the future like they always do because they just fail. Just make it some kind of Jules Verne-esque vision of the future. Yeah, like, they tried it. That. I know. And stick with that, but just don't... Um, I don't know how to describe it. Like, get the Toy Story shit out of there, which I don't like. Keep the Pixar stuff across the street at DCA. Yeah. Make this Disney and tear down that goddamn Innoventions, whatever that building is that they just been sitting there. America sings for the past <laughs> Carousel of Progress. Yeah, our mm-hmm. entire lifetime there hasn't been anything. Like, I don't ever remember going on that. Uh, I went in there a couple times when they had a bunch of Star Wars. Props yeah, memorabilia, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a room, but not like as a writer or anything. Like it's just been sitting there all this time. Anyway, 
people were, I thought I thought it'd be cool if it came back, but we'll see. And apparently they'll they'll maybe announce some stuff at D twenty three. All right, that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that's that. All I have to say about that. <laughs> beautiful man. <laughs> all right, sounds like we're good. Sure. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. You got shot. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.